Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Top Four Tiers podcast. I'm joined today by Charlie, otherwise known as Pompey Hub, Lucas, otherwise known as WBA Base, and Robbie, otherwise known as Robbie Graphics or RFC Hub. Today, we're going to be basically we're starting the podcast, so we'll be discussing everything the top four tiers with a little bit of Euros action in this episode because of obviously everyone knows what's going on. Um, and yeah, it's going to be, we'll try and in, involve our fans of the page as much as possible. We'll, we'll get your questions in. We put something on our story today before, before recording to get your questions in and we will be answering a few of them towards the end. But yeah, we're going to be doing it once a week, just going through all things English football, I guess. And, talking about why we why this is the best sport in the world. So we'll without further ado, would you like to say hello everyone? Hello. Hello. Hi. Without further ado then boys we'll we'll crack on with it. Um we'll get into the first part of the podcast which we'll talk about the Euros. Um which obviously if unless you've been living under a rock you know that England have somehow managed to get into the final, which, I mean, I'll start by asking you, Charlie, but how do you feel about that? Mate, I'm absolutely buzzing. Like, say what you want, or any other plan other than England, say what you want. We cheated weather. Shut up. No, we didn't. We're, we're through the finals. I didn't think we were going to get out of the group stages at first because I really just, I really unrated them. Um, Southgate, but fair play to him. I apologise. I apologise to Raheem Sterling as well. Bay's been an absolute class act, so I'm just buzzing. And if if we win Sunday, then that's history made. Yeah, I agree with you there, Charlie. I think I was. I have to admit, I had my reservations about Southgate. Um, I was never ever a massive critic of him. I always thought that at the end of the day, you know, he did well in the World Cup 2018, and people were quick to to forget that. Um, I don't know what you... I'll put this question to you, Lucas. Um, what was your sort of big decision that you disagreed with Southgate on that he then proved you wrong? Because mine was probably... I I was, as you say, apologise to Sterling. I was massively for playing Phil Foden and Jack Grealish in the team. And I wasn't really for playing the likes of Sterling, but obviously Southgate's gone with that and it's it's uh, it's been proven right. What do you think, Lucas? Yeah, honestly, um as you say, Sterling, that was one of my doubts. I generally thought I was had I was gonna have Foden instead, um, at the start, but obviously he's proved us wrong. And also a player to impress me, um, from him coming into the squad is Maguire. Honestly, I think we need to talk about him. Mm. He's 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 really impressed me to be fair. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, totally agree. I think I think Slabhead's been absolutely immense. Um, Robbie, what do you think? Who's been your favourite England player? Um, I'd say based off like someone you wouldn't maybe expected, probably Calvin Phillips, because I, orig- I initially thought probably Ward Prowse should have got into the team. I mean, maybe not, maybe not, uh, not picking Phillips, but maybe starting Ward Prowse over him. But now Phillips has actually been. Totally agree with you. I think I think a lot of people sort of were certainly on the Ward Prowse bandwagon after especially that friendly. I think it was against was it against Romania 
where he where he had a man of the match performance and mm, Austria made people, yeah. I, I went to the Austria game and I think it was Romania. I think it was a second friendly, which was Romania, but he was he was quality. But Phillips has really lived up to all the hype that the Leeds fans have given him all season. And in fairness to him, I think he's definitely been up there with one of our best players. I mean, that first game against Croatia, he was absolutely sublime. But next up, we'll just we'll just move on to another topic sort of away from England because I think everyone will probably be, by the time you listen to this, it'll probably be after the final. So there's no point previewing the final. My thoughts on it is that, you know, if we win, absolutely brilliant. And if we get beat, obviously everyone will be gutted. But I think we've still done really, really well to get to a final of a major tournament. So we won't spend too much time dwelling on previewing the final against Italy. But one thing I will ask everyone, and I'll start with you, Lucas, is what's been your biggest surprise in a negative way about the tournament? So biggest flop, you could say. Um, that's a hard one. Um, the biggest flop is probably... Oh, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> well, just in England or just in general? For just any any, any, tor- any player in the tournament. Maybe one that plays in the English leagues, though, just to make it a bit more relevant. That's, that's, I'm not too sure on that one. I'll put you on the Callas, spot. Mate. Yeah, that's a flop. Yeah, probably um, Bruno Fernandes, to be fair. Yeah, that's a good shout. I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, he, he hasn't really lived up to standards playing next to... Uh, Ronaldo in that team. I, I thought he would have done a lot better than he had, but yeah, obviously not. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I think the thing is with Portugal is I think they're very, very reliant still on Ronaldo with the way they play. And actually, if you, if you look at them, they've actually got more world-class players in that starting eleven than probably most of the other nations, yet they still play like it's like they're a League Two side with Cristiano Ronaldo up front. That's how yes. they play. It's like at every opportunity, give the ball to Ronaldo. And I just think, I think that's never a recipe for success, especially when you've got so much more talent on the pitch, the likes of Fernandez, Yota, you know, João Felix, who we barely saw. Um, I mean, you saw how well Renato Sanchez played. Um, and we'll probably come on to that in a bit. But Robbie, what about you? Who's been your biggest disappointment? Um, I probably would have said Fernandez as well because I think I mean, he always has like mixed opinions in the in the prem. I don't think anyone thinks he's bad, but it's just more if he's overrated or not. But I think based off that he's not had the best tournament for Portugal. Yeah, to- totally agree with that, Charlie. Um, oh, say something different. Than, um, uh, I would say like Thiago. I think his stint against um when he came on against Italy, he was. God awful! Like one of the worst, not the worst players, but he was terrible. His passing I think was that's off. Harsh. I, I would really? say that's very harsh. I just think with Thiago, I think he barely got a chance. I mean, he, he was down the pecking order, and they were obviously had Pedri in there who was been excellent, and Barcelona mm. may have to sell. Um, we'll probably discuss that at some point. He will, no doubt, probably play in the Premier League for Man City at some point. In the future, um, I thought you obviously had Rodri above him in the pecking order as well, and he was coming on for like bits and spurts. And so I think it's harsh to sort of yeah. criticise him, really. Yeah, okay, fair play. And his um, penalty I... was saucy. <laughs> he was too out. 
I would say a Jota then, generally like again in the Portuguese team he was um missing chances. He was he wasn't, he wasn't passing when he should have. I think Ronaldo got very angry and annoyed him at one point. Mm-hmm. But then again, Ronaldo if Ronaldo doesn't score a hat trick in the first half of a game, he will get angry and blame it on his teammates, won't he? Yeah. That is yeah. how sort of Ronaldo's attitude maybe. Anyway, moving on, boys, a really quick fire one just before we move on to the main body of our podcast, which is obviously going to be the four tiers of English football, is I think, let's just say, is there any players that we think could be moving into the English leagues from the Euros and say, Mm. if you're a Premier League, because let's be honest, Championship League 1 and League 2 probably won't be looking to sign any of those. If you're a Premier League manager... Who are you looking at, maybe from more of a smaller nation and thinking, that's who we want to sign? I'll start and put it to you, Charlie. I'm going to go with um, Patrick Schick. That's literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's what, I think he's still top scorer of the um, Euros, I think. Yeah, he's maybe joined Kane, top, yeah, with Ronaldo. Yeah, um, he, he's a target man. He's kind of mobile as well, other than the Bernie target vibes, man. Bernie vibes. Gen- I think he could do better than Bernie. I think maybe, I think West Ham, I think. Ooh. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think that'd be a good move Czech for him. link up with Sufal and Socek, but I think that'd be a great move for him and a good move mm-hmm. for West Ham. Potentially, an, potentially an Aston Villa alongside Ollie Watkins. Yeah, I'd never heard of him before the Euros, but from what I've seen, that obviously that goal against the wee sweaty Scotland. Aye. Generally, that, like, amazing. That was a wonderful goal. Definitely goal of the tournament for me. What about you, Robbie? Who do you think? They should be looking um, at if you're an English club. Two midfielders. I think Locatelli's been linked with City. Um, mm-hmm. And Renato Sanchez thought. with Liverpool. Yeah, Renato Sanchez has been absolutely first class. Yeah, I think Sanchez uh, Sanchez probably the, the most light-for-light replacement for Wijnaldum. Mm-hmm. One that hasn't been said, I, I do think Summer has uh, had a decent Euros as well. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. So, yeah, I, I feel like he's been really class for them. Could definitely be a decent move for one of the Premier League teams. He is 32, but obviously yeah. for a keeper, that's not much. Yeah. No, yeah, he's definitely got two or three good years left in him. And if I'm a, if I'm say a top, maybe a Tottenham Hotspur or with an aging Larice, who by no means is poor, but he is a bit older, I'd be maybe looking to to strengthen with the likes of Sommer. My pick is actually going to be someone who's already playing in the Premier League, and it's Granite Xhaka. And the reason it is that is because I think, I think, yes, he's linked to Roma, and I think that deal might be quite close. But if I if I was say even a Liverpool or if I was a Manchester United or a Leicester, I would be certainly looking to sort of hijack that deal because I think he gets so much unfair criticism at Arsenal, and we watched him for Switzerland where he can sort of they can play to his actual strengths which isn't receiving the ball on the edge of the box every five seconds, of the edge of his own box every five seconds with his back to goal. You know, if you can get him in advanced areas of the pitch, he can unlock a defence with the pass. And that's who I think they should be looking at. But anyway, that's our Euro segue segment done. We're going to move on to the first tier of English football, which gets talked about way too much probably on every podcast. So we won't cover it massively in depth we'll we'll try to sort of cover every single league in equal depth so we'll start with the Premier League and obviously there's been a fair few transfer business transfer dealings done so far in the uh, 
in the past sort of month in the Premier League. Obviously, some of the big ones being Billy Gilmore going to Norwich. Obviously, Jaden Sancho at Manchester United. You've got Bubakar Sumari at Leicester. Trincao at Wolves. Um, Robbie, what do you think has been the, the, the most eye-catching deal of the window so far and one that you think will, will really perform well? Um, Billy Gilmore to Norwich is probably one which I think is like quite a safe deal because obviously you've seen him play for Chelsea regularly and I think every time I'm pretty sure every time he's played he's stood out quite a bit so I'm a bit surprised they've actually loaned him out but I think Norwich yeah, I, could probably I, I do with a bit of energy a bit of like energy in midfield which I certainly think they can they can probably surprise a few teams. I mean, we know when they came up last season, um, we obviously, not last season, the season before, they obviously shocked Man City with a 3-2 win and and that was a good result. And they played very attacking football and obviously, and that was not great for them in the long run uh, with their conceding goals. But I would say... Norwich have done some great business so far. I don't know what you think, Charlie, but Milo Rashika coming into the club for nine, just under £10 million is an absolute snip, in my opinion. I think it's a good signing, but from what, judging off, I've never watched him, obviously, but not obviously, sorry. Um, judging by um, Werder Bremen's fans' opinions, obviously, they could be bitter, but apparently he's like quite inconsistent. He has like one good game out of 10, but that one game is world class. But Hopefully he can step up for Norwich because I would like to see Norwich finally stay up for one at least one more season. But in terms of what I think is probably the best uh, summer signing so far, that's gone under the radar. Obviously the obvious one, obvious one would be Sancho, but I think Daka to Leicester was kind of an insane signing. Great shout! Because um, I think he obviously he was linked with Liverpool, probably Man City, maybe other clubs abroad, and I think that shows Leicester have actually got a good pool now. Yeah. And like, totally I think Dakar obviously scored a crazy amount of goals for Salzburg, which obviously Holland came from. So it's the same sort of striker, maybe. But I think Dak would be a good striker alongside Vardy, or maybe to replace Vardy in the future. But that's my thoughts. Um, Lucas, what about you? Lucas, are you there? Anyway, <laughs> well, if Lucas doesn't want to answer. I'll I'll go first and I'll say mm. uh, it's maybe not it's maybe not the most under the radar transfer, but I think um one that's one that's definitely caught the eye in my opinion was Emmy Buendia to to uh, Aston Villa. I think yeah, that's, that's, good. Uh, that's a hell of a signing for Villa and we've seen them show real, real, real ambition in this window. I mean, they've had a couple of bids rejected for Emil Smith Rowe from Arsenal. They've brought Ashley Young back on a free transfer. I wouldn't be surprised he's on probably 50k plus a week. And to to go and pay 35 million pounds for Buendia, who absolutely ripped the championship up with Norwich. And let's be honest, I, I, tell me if you disagree, but I think no one could have seen him leave Norwich unless it was for a top six club. And when Villa signed him, I thought, oh, wow, that is a real sign of ambition. And I think Aston Villa are really going to go for it this year. Obviously, they back Dean Smith, very rate Dean Smith very highly if they're going to be sort of showing this much ambition in a window. And I think there'll certainly be more players to come in 
for them. Lucas, are you back now? Yeah, or? yeah sorry, my mic was... Um, no uh, worries at all. Um, who's your most under-the-radar transfer so far? Not so under the radar, but I want to talk about Sancho because a lot of people um, saying that he might flop. Um, do you, what, are you, what are your boys' thoughts on uh, like people saying about him, him flopping? Do you reckon Hollywood let that happen? Because I really want to see him uh, succeed in that United team. Uh, so. I think it's a fair argument to say he will flop because um, Dortmund are a very attacking-based team and we're... Um, they've got a lot of attack and a little defence, and obviously Bundesliga is a good league. But uh, Dortmund have got a very, as I said, like a, a very attacking base. So I think that the attack will bring out his best qualities. So maybe he won't. He probably won't. He won't hit the numbers they hits at Dortmund every season. But I think he will be good. But I think people have a fair reason to say he could flop. I think he's someone United actually could have done with because obviously last year they had like Greenwood and Rashford who aren't. They're not bad wingers, but they're not very really, like creative, are they? So someone like Cavani, if you maybe got a bit more creativity, get a bit more out of like players like Rashford. Yeah, I think it's a great signing for United. Um, I mean, he he was brilliant in that game in the Euros against Ukraine for me, and every time he got the ball, he was positive, he was direct, and he looked to take the the fullback on one on one and. If that if that's what you can do for United, then I think the likes of Cavani and Rashford will be definitely getting more and more chances. I think Rashford. Probably wants to play as a number nine, probably get goals if if Sancho can provide. I just hope, hope Sancho can stay fit. I don't think he's had many injury problems, but I think. You know, coming to a tiny knocks. Um, with the schedule not here, I think. But another player I just want to touch on and get your opinions on, um, lads, is actually a club in the Premier League, and that's Leeds United letting Jani Alioski. Leave on a free transfer. Like, miss having someone like him, but I guess also like his versatility, isn't it? But then, like, I don't know. I'm not not gonna lie, very versatile player. I think the replacement for him is pretty good, though, Furpo. Yeah, I think they've probably leveled up there. It's, It's probably more of an emotional one. Obviously, Leeds fans love Alioski, everything he's done for the club, so. It's probably more yeah. of an emotional loss than a than an actual tactical one, and obviously, yeah, so Owen is an is an upgrade. One more loss I want to talk about before we move on is a decision that Chelsea have made to obviously let go of Fikayo Tomori for twenty. I think it's twenty seven million pounds. My opinion on that is I think that's a shocking decision from the Chelsea board. I don't know if it was already yeah. agreed last year, but. Tomori to me looks like a centre back full of potential, and to let him go for 
to another club when you've got an, a, a sort of not aging defence, but a defence that certainly could use a player like Tamori. I think they should have loaned him out to an English club, and that like like he was going to last season. I think he was going to go and loan to Newcastle, but then he rejects it or something. But I think. They should have let him go. They should have loaned him out to England Club, see what he could do in the Prem, have a full season and starting in the Prem, and then decide where they go from there. But I think, I think he's better than. I don't say he's better than Christensen or Rudiger or Thiago Silva, but he, he could definitely give them a go, run for their money. Hundred percent. I, I would rate him that probably better than probably better than Christensen in my opinion. I think he's definitely a better defender than him. What about you, Lucas? Um, I'm not really sure to be honest on Tamori. Um, yeah, he's a good. It'll be good for AC, AC Milan, obviously. I do think he could have done bits at Chelsea, obviously, but you know, it is done. what it is. Yeah, moving on then. Moving on then. We'll just speak about obviously the new eras at a couple of clubs in the Premier League. We've got the Bruno Lag era beginning at Wolves after they parted company towards the end of last season with Nuno Espirito Santo who then subsequently filled the void left by Jose Mourinho at Spurs um, Robbie I'll come to you first what do you think about Larg at Wolves and Nuno at Spurs and do you think they're the right appointments or the wrong ones um, I think Wolves obviously like getting rid of Nuno was like a bit controversial but I felt like they were probably just I don't know. They were just, they weren't really progressing with them. So I, th- I don't think it was definitely the wrong decision. I just, I'm not going to lie. I don't know too much about the new guy. I just know he's a, he's done like a decent job, but it's obviously the Portuguese league is, it's a bit, the Premier League's a bit, a big of a step up from, from that. So I guess we'll see. So far, I think the business he's done has been quite good getting uh, eight Nuri back in the permanent and Trincao. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, Charlie? Um, again, I don't want to like pretend I know how Lager is, so I'm just going to speak about Nuno going to Tottenham. I think I think that for, for what Tottenham could have got, and they could have got Conte, I think that's quite a bad appointment. I think, from what I know, it's what I think. I think Nuno plays maybe similar football to um, uh, Jose Mourinho did, as in like counter-attacking, quite defensive. Um I'm not an avid watcher of the Premier League because I'm not going to pretend I know a lot, but I do think he's a similar sort of manager to Mourinho in terms of the game style. They did used to work with each other at Porto when Nuno was a keeper, but that means absolutely nothing, so I don't know why I brought that up. But (laughs) I think Wolves, I think they need a a younger manager with more ambition because I think, as um, Robbie said, they sort of plateau, they weren't progressing, they flatlined. So I think hopefully Lago can get them progressing again and do what they did when they first got in the Prem and go up, challenge for top eight. Another team that uh, obviously have changed their manager this season and have certainly took a big gamble is Crystal Palace. They Roy Hodgson announced that he would be leaving the club towards the end of last year and Patrick Vieira is the man that they've decided to take the reins. Now, that's a huge gamble and it was met with a lot of negativity from Palace fans. Lucas, do you think it's a gamble that they needed to take Palace or do you think a safe pair of hands was probably a better choice to come out of the Hodgson era? It, it was a bit of a gamble in my opinion. Obviously, with some of the signings he's made um, straight away going into the job, um, there is hopes uh, 
that he can do a good job, but it's a 50-50 gamble in my opinion. Um, Roy Hodgson obviously getting old now, getting out of his era, but um, yeah, obviously the signings that he's brought in could be looking a good side for Crystal Palace next season. But yeah, it's a 50-50. They could do battle. They could do good. I think the signing of Elise is an excellent one, isn't it? Um, That is the only confirmed transfer. They brought in Jacob Montez from Georgetown on a free, but that's not really very known. They've got a massive outgoing of players, the likes of Stalwarts, Scott, Dan, Andros Townsend, Joel Ward, Patrick Van Arnholt, just to name a few, all leaving the club. So I think Vieira will certainly have plenty of new players to bring in and with the injury to Ebreze for probably the majority of the season that's obviously a difficult start for him I think as you said it could go one of two ways I think he'll either end up out of the job probably before Christmas or doing very well for Crystal Palace so we'll just have to see I think so far he's done all the right things like clearing out some of the older players because they did have, I think they did have one of the oldest squads in the league. So and then obviously getting Elise, just like like days after he got appointed, is quite impressive. Yeah. Moving on then to the second tier of English football, the Championship. There's been a lot of big news going on in the Championship with regard to transfers. Obviously, some new managers coming in as well. Quite a lot of chopping and changing. First off, I'll start with you, Robbie. We've just spoken about Michael Elise. You being a Reading fan, how good of a player is he and how big of a loss is that to Reading for next season? Um, I think it will be a big loss, but I don't think it will necessarily... I don't think we'll be ruined without him. Because I think last last season, obviously, I think he was... Probably, it was my main creative source in midfield, but I think with Swift, hopefully, if he can stay fit, we shouldn't miss it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Elise is a big loss, but I think you will be able to probably replace him. We'll discuss a bit of news that's recently come out in the Championship regarding the EFL imposing transfer embargoes on your club, Robbie Redding, Derby County and and newly promoted Hull City are the other two clubs. Lucas, how do you think those clubs will fare with not being able to sign any players for fees this summer? And do you think Hull especially will be able to bring in enough quality in the loan and free market to stay up? Um, yeah, um, Derby, talking about like Derby, um, obviously with our pool season last season with, with Wayne Rooney, um, I don't, I don't see him staying up next season, Derby, uh, yeah, with the, the poor season they had last season and with, um, obviously not being able to bring in players, um, it's going to be a really tough season for Derby, I see them finishing around bottom of the league, um, Hull City, maybe, maybe a bit of a surprise, um, you don't know what's going to happen with them. Obviously, we ain't saw them in the championship yet. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really tough season for Derby next season. Yeah, we didn't mention Wayne Rooney's Rams, who, of course, have only got 13 contracted first-team players at the moment. I think that might be it. Might be a bit more now if they signed Stearman and Jagielka, didn't they? Have they signed them? I thought they were only yeah. trialling. Oh, I'm pretty sure they are. Charlie... Charlie... There's not really much else they can do. 
Charlie, I'll put this to you quickly. Can you see Wayne Rooney working any magic and keeping Derby in the league? Because at the moment, it is looking very bleak for the Rams. I, I, just, I just don't think Wayne Rooney is a good enough manager to, uh, to carry such a burden. To carry that sort of job, that's a big job, tough job. They've obviously lost a few players who are on loan, like Matt Clark, who I know from Portsmouth is a very good defender. But I think if they sign Jagielka and steer him in the what Jagielka is thirty-eight, he, he can't be playing against Championship strikers day day in day out or, or week in week out. Anyway, I think they'll have a very. I think they're just going to do exactly what Sheffield Wednesday did this year and plummet the league. And I think they were lucky to start off last season. And I think this is the season to go down, unfortunately for Derby. But I cannot see Rooney doing any wonders for them. Mm-hmm. And any more failing to pay players as well will result in a in a three-point suspended deduction. So if they can't pay their players for another month's wages, then they will lose three points. I'm not sure if that will turn out to be big by the end of the season. Another team I do want to touch on is Luton Town, who have surprised a lot of fans, I think, including myself. They've shown real big ambition this summer. They've brought in, I think, eight players or seven players, all very decent signings, in my opinion. I'll put this one to you, Robbie. Who do you think their best signings been? And do you think what's your thoughts in general on Luton's transfer business? Um, I think all of their signings have been, or a lot of them have been just solid players at this level. And then they've obviously brought in a few players who could potentially do well. But I think Mendes Gomez from Morecambe is probably their standout one. Yeah, it's a great signing. I think that's a great signing. I think another one that could go under the radar is 22-year-old Alan Campbell, who they brought in, I think, on a free transfer from Motherwell. Motherwell fans had a lot of good things to say about him. And I saw, I did watch a little bit of a friendly, highlights of the friendly against them. I think they were playing a non-league side, but he absolutely ran the show on an absolute minefield of a pitch. I just want to say, Charlie, Henry Lansbury, he's only 30 years old. They picked Mm. him up on a free from Bristol City. He had a pretty poor season at Bristol City last year. But could Graham, not Graham Jones, Nathan Jones, find his Nottingham Forest form back? I think it's a hit and miss signing. He could either be really good or he could have a season where he's just sideways passing or he's just average. I don't think it would be awful. For a team like Luton, he probably could get a lot of game time. I think this is his, probably is his time to shine. He needs to prove himself that he can still cut it in the championship at least. I I haven't seen I haven't seen him play a lot, but I do know he was at Villa. I do know he has been good for Forest. But I think if he really steps up, and I think if he gets given the chance, maybe I think maybe give him a few games time. I think maybe if he has a few. Too few bad games. Don't judge him instantly. Give him a chance to like work his way in and gain form. Then maybe he could do well. But I don't. I don't really know. To be fair, he could. It's hit or miss, really. I think. Yeah, Lucas. I'm going to come to you with this next one because probably the biggest transfer that's happened in the championship so far has been Alex Moat's very high-profile free free move to West Brom. Transfer marked has his value at £6.3 million. And if I'm being honest, I think he probably would have commanded a, a double figures million fee if he was under contract. 
How excited are you to have Mo at the club and how big of a loss do you think it'll be for Barnsley? Um, yeah, it'll be a huge um, loss for Barnsley, obviously, with their manager coming to us as well. Sure, we'll touch on that in a bit. But um, mm. Moat, obviously, great leader for Barnsley last season. Um, great, great where they finished as well last season to Barnsley. Um, I'm very, very excited to see him in that West Brom midfield. Um, obviously, saw some of the goals, what he's been scoring as well for Barnsley um, throughout the season last season. I can't wait for him to see. Obviously, with... Um, Barnsley and him familiar with each other, maybe might get the captain role with some some road down this season. Um, but yeah, very excited to see that. Great set piece taker as well in a team in West Brom who have been well well known for for making the most of set pieces to say yeah, the least. In the past, now though. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Fulham appointed Marco Silva in. I think that's a massive coup for Fulham. I'll put it first to you, Charlie. Do you, how do you think Silver will get on? And who do you think they need? What do you think they need in order to get promoted next season? Well, they were close to getting um, Chris Wilder, who I think would have been a bad appointment. And I think Fulham fans agree. But I think Silver in the Championship, obviously, was at Everton. I think in the Championship with, with Fulham's team, I think they'll automatically will do well regardless. Obviously, he can he can bring the best out of the players, and I think a lot of the players have been linked to for move away, like Tom Kearney, who's probably aging a bit now, but it probably could be a vital player for them. I think they still have Nguisa for the time being. Was, was, was he on loan at Fulham? Um, yeah, he was on loan. I think. Ah, okay. No, no, no. He's there permanently, but I don't think he will hang around for too long. If I'm being totally honest. Yeah, if they keep him and uh, I think they centre back Adabayo, I think it's called. I'm not sure. Adabayo, yeah. Yeah, he's linked yeah. with Palace from what I've seen. But if, if they keep them, then I think they've got a very good chance. But I think it's um, Silva, if he gets the right appointments, I mean the right signings, I think Fulham could go back on a go go on another automatic promotion charge or through the playoffs again, like they did against Brentford. But yeah, I think Fulham have got more of a good chance than most teams. And I think in this champ in this year's championship, there's a few poor teams. I think in this year's championship. Mm-hmm. I think Alexander Mitrovic is that that yeah. firepower that could fire them to the top and he'll be hoping to have a bit of a better season than last year. Fulham's ex-manager Scott Parker obviously left the club and ended up at AFC Bournemouth. Robbie, what do you think of that appointment and do you think good move by Bournemouth? I think I saw a stat that it's the first time in 38 years that they've appointed a manager outside of the club's coaching structure. So... It's a big gamble from Bournemouth. I think he, to be fair, I think from I think he did a really good job at Fulham. I think in the Championship he had like a few uh, skeptics because obviously he had he had quite a good squad to work with, didn't he? But I think in the Premier mm-hmm. League he did quite a good job. He got he managed to get quite a few decent results, and I think I don't I don't think last year their squad was quite Premier League quality, so I think they did they did well considering that. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with you. I think, I think Parker is certainly going to play good football at, at Bournemouth. He signed Mark Hondes on a free transfer, who is is in American sports, he'd call it a clutch player, probably. Um, Jack Wilshere's ended up leaving the club, which I think would he would have been a key cog in a in a very possession based Bournemouth side if he'd have stayed. I think Bournemouth will do well under Parker. At, 
I think the fans will have to be patient because his style of play will probably take a little while to implement. But I think it's a great, great appointment. But in my opinion, the best appointment of them all yeah, I think... is probably Valerian Ishmael, who left Barnsley to go to West Brom. Lucas, as a West Brom fan, I'll go to you again. How how do you think Valerian Ishmael settled in at the Hawthorns? And do you think he was the right man for the job? Yeah, um, definitely a great, great signing. Um, on his first days, he's a great man, obviously meeting all the Albion Foundation members, meeting the club legends on his first day, getting to know everyone. He's one of them uh, managers that want the best out of the players, um, not so using the best players, but he makes sure he gets the best out of all of his players. And I'm very excited to see some of the players that he'll be using next season. Obviously, some of the younger players training him with the first squad as well um, with his arrival. So, um, yeah, I'm really, look, I'm really looking forward for it, to be, to be honest. Um, hoping that we can go straight back up to the Premier League, but it's going to be a hard one if we lose the likes of Pereira, Sam Johnson, Carl Bartley. Furlong, but yeah, I I hope to see what's going back up with his. Wouldn't mm. expect the uh, the nicest football there. Better future. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly not. Yeah. I don't think it'll be. I think it'll probably be the West Brom of old under Tony Pulis. Yeah. Uh, potentially, but if that gets results, I'm sure the West Brom fans won't care at all. Just quickly before we we move on to League One, I'll touch on the team that Valerian Ishmael and Alex Mo left Barnsley. Fairy tale of the season last year was their playoff push. They've brought Marcus Schopf, I think it's is he called? I think yeah, something wrong. another another recruit in from the Austrian league. I think he's from. I mean, the Barnsley fans won't know too much about him, but they'll have to back him. And it's a big unknown. They've signed Devante Cole, who is a decent signing, I think, from Motherwell. Probably score a few goals. Um, that's the only transfer they've brought in so far. I'm going to throw it out there, but I think Barnsley will have to show a lot more in the transfer window or I could see them potentially sliding down the division this year and maybe even being suckered into a relegation battle. Yeah, I think based off last season, it was clear if they didn't go up, they were probably going to lose a lot of their squad. Uh, not gonna lie, I don't know much about the new managers, but didn't they also lose their director of football? Yeah, he's going to Nottingham Forest. I think, yeah, and I'd, I'm not sure of his contract. I'm not sure how much of an impact he would have had with like some of the signings, but if he if he was, then I I do think Barnsley will struggle because if he's not if he was the one uh, doing those deals, then I don't know if the the guy coming in will be able to replicate that because. I think that was quite a big bit of their like last season because a lot of their signings weren't necessarily people that you would like expect to do well because like Colson Morris I think was like an average League One striker. He certainly who came in and he last did. season. Yes, yeah. and with Callum Britton as well. I think from MK mm-hmm. Duns. Yeah, I agree with that, Charlie. I know you wanted to quickly make a point about. Which club you think will have the greatest impact of the return of fans? Obviously, the great news on the, the, from the 19th of July onwards, full capacity stadiums will be back, including away fans for the, the, the full season. Charlie, I know you wanted to say about that, so I'll hand that over to you before we move on to League One. Uh, really? 
Yeah, you. I thought you were going to discuss what team you think will be impacted the most by the fans being back. <sighs> I don't remember saying that, but um, sorry, I, I, I'll go with it. Um, um... <laughs> jumping jump in, I reckon Leeds fans. Um, great atmosphere think... there. Um, obviously, like Millwall, but I reckon Leeds um, fans will definitely push Leeds mm. up the table next season. <laughs> I think every team will probably because I mean every every team's going to be sold out on there. Yeah, yeah. there won't be many. Yeah, that's yeah. Every everyone cool. every every club's going to have like uh, sold out and they'll be rocking because not being there for like over a year, like people obviously going to be desperate to get back. But obviously your Forests and your like Sheffield Wednesdays and Leeds will probably maybe more so with like the fan bases that they have. Mm-hmm. Moving on then to League One, the third tier. We're halfway through our discussions. And again, it's going to be more of the same with the Championship. There's been a lot, a lot of business done in League One regarding transfers. And the first team I'm going to discuss is Ipswich Town, who they brought Mark Ashton in as the, I think, director of football as his official title to work with Paul Cook in the summer. Toxic atmosphere at the club with Ipswich and they did need a clear out and boy have they had one mm. um, how many players they've lost very many ju- the likes of Judge Sears Gwyn Edwards Luke Chambers a club legend but they've shown incredible ambition in the transfer window this summer I mean Rakeem Harper is an absolute top signing for League yeah, 1 how, they, how did they get him I'm sorry but That's I incredible. I was gutted when uh, Rakeem Harper was announced in Ipswich, obviously leaving West Brom. I was, I was hoping for a you know, good season with him next season in the Championship, but yeah. I don't know how I pulled that off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great signing. I know Macaulay Bond from QPR, who had a bit of a poor season last year, but you know, I think he'll definitely get goals in League One. And one to watch for me, a transfer to watch for me, is Vaclav Hladky from... Salford City, who everyone's favourite League Two club, obviously. Um, <laughs> he's really been a great goalkeeper in League Two and gone quite under the radar. And I think he'll probably challenge the man mountain that is Thomas Holy for a, for the number one shirt next year and be a great, great signing for them. I think they've been linked with uh, Matt Crooks as well. Rather yeah, than, as well as Person really Chalina, I think. Yeah, who are both. Too good for League One, in my opinion. I think Ipswich mm-hmm. at the moment. If you're a betting man, you're probably back in cool. Ipswich to go. Cool up. kick as well. I think's a good manager, especially yeah, yeah, great league. manager. Very the other, well the proven. Other, the other team I reckon will be up there's MK Dons there. Yeah, they would agree with that. I mean, their business. I think Russell Martin as well is a good, quite a good manager. Quality manager. I really wanted him when we sacked. But, but some of the, I think they've probably done the best business. I'm not sure how they got Scott Twine. The free as well. Yeah. I think Josh <laughs> Martin on loan from Norwich, I think, is quite good. Max Waters. Obviously, Waters as well, yeah. And Ethan Robson, who is a, yeah. a very promising, good passing midfielder from Blackpool. He's obviously going for a passing style of play, Martin. I mean, we see that he wants to build from the back. That could end one of two ways. I think that one, that is, we did speak about fans being back in the ground. That is one club that I do think may may suffer a little bit because they are very slow-tempoed and let's be honest, MK Dons, their stadiums are soulless bowl and 
they yeah. can't they don't even half fill it um so that probably will hit them quite hard but they've shown absolute brilliant nous to get all those players in and you know the oldest of their signings is Robson who's only 24 on loan I think MK Dons have certainly had a great window another team I want to touch on um their window is Portsmouth I think they've made some good signings as well decided to keep the Cowleys on which I think you know is a pretty obvious decision they're very good managers for this level Charlie, being a Portsmouth fan, what's your thoughts on the window so far? Losing a lot of those experienced players, but also replacing them. It was sad to lose half the players. I, I love the likes of Jack Wilmore and um, Tom Naylor have gone to Wigan, who obviously Wigan have done very well in the business. But mm, We'll touch keep, upon them as well. Keeping the Cowies was huge. I love them. I just sit, I loved them before we even came here. I just saw, I, every time I watched them, I love them. There's like, I love the idea of two brothers being like on the touchline. I think it's cool, but... Um, I think some of the signings before I was very worried going into the transfer window because obviously we'd released so many players with the contract issues, not contract issues, but they run out of the contracts. But um, I think we, we've obviously signed Bazinu, I think, who's our best signing so far on loan from Man City. He's quality keeper, I hope, anyway, from Rochdale, who was at Rochdale last season. He did well. But we signed uh, Williams from Mid- Millwall, who is, he is 34, so he's a bit... It's a, it was, I know, certainly an experienced head. Certainly an experienced head. Exactly. There. So I just hope he hasn't lost his legs. But I think from the whole Pompey community knows we want one man, and that is Ben Thompson. And if we get that man, then we're running well with the league, hundred percent. Because <laughs> no, nah, but um, I love him. I re- really want Ben Thompson back from Millwall. He came here at eighteen nineteen season, and he just as soon as he left, as soon as he got recalled online, we completely bottled a 10-point lead at the top as soon as he left. He was so important for us. But in terms of the signings we have made, we signed Tunnicliffe from Luton, who I think is a very good signing as well. We signed yeah. um, Clark Robertson on a free who was at Rotherham. He is quite injury-prone, injury but we are used to signing injury-prone players. And we signed a young left-back from Bromley, who's 18 years old, so that's one for the future. But I think... We're we're still a way off yet from a tight, from a top six team. I think now. I think for the Cowley project, I think we we're going to need to give them two seasons to work as magic. I think we're not ready to challenge promotion this uh, this upcoming season. I think many Pompey fans are getting uh, getting carried away. I think we won't. I think we'll finish mid table next season. I'll be completely content with that. Mm. But it's a bit more patience afterwards. is probably needed from the the yeah. fan base there. Yeah. Lucas, just to, sorry, Robbie, just to put one to Lucas. Yeah. Obviously, three clubs going down, going down uh, this year: Wickham, Sheffield Wednesday, massive club to be in League One, and Rotherham United. Who do you think is going to do the best out of those three? Just early, an early prediction from you there, and and what do you think? Sort of Darren Moore needs to do at Sheffield Wednesday to turn around the absolute mess that's going on at the club there. Um, I think um, Wickham uh, might do the best out of them. Uh, wow, that's that's a surprising one. I think. Yeah, I'm gonna go gonna go bold. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just I think Wickham might have a decent season next season. Obviously, could obviously prove me wrong, but yeah, Wickham could have a decent time in League One um, with Akin Fenwa, You know, the beast up top. Correct. <sighs> um, and they got like a pretty similar squad to like the one that got them up. Yeah, literally. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think Wigan though. I think they what they they signed like seven. They've made like seven good three signings. Three, yeah, 
So like Edwards from Ipswich, like Naylor as well. White to a ten k contract, like stupid. Yeah. They're taking a massive gamble, Wigan. I think they've got that new Spanish ownership group in. Um, Phoenix, whatever. Yeah, I think I really hope I'm wrong in saying this, but you do sort of smell something fishy going on there with the amount of ambition they've shown, and unless, of course, that Cal Joseph money from Swansea is a lot more that's what than what's initially been reported. I think it was a reported at early million, 1.1, 1.2 million maybe. But a signing that I really like from Wickham actually is the re- most recent, which is Stephen Humphreys. That isn't a free transfer, I don't think, because I think he was still in the contract at Rochdale. But I think he will have a very good season. 23 years of age. Him and Wyke will probably dovetail nicely. And, and we're going to really put together a nice squad at the moment. Um and they certainly will be up there, I reckon. They could start slowly, but I think they'll certainly be up there. Robbie, Even... just one one more question I want to ask you about League One. Recent signing for Sunderland, who've been very, very quiet, but I think it's a massive one. Alex Pritchard has, has taken the step down to League One after only a couple of years ago. I think it was £15 million Huddersfield paid for him from Norwich City. So... Yeah, massive coup for Sunderland. How do you think they'll get on with Pritchard? I think a couple of years ago when he was at Spurs, he had a couple of loan spells at Brentford where he was really good. I'm not sure if this is right, but I think he went from there to Norwich where he was also quite good. Mm. Then he obviously got that move to Huddersfield and then from then on I think it's just been lots of like injuries and like inconsistency. So I, think, I think maybe going down to League One, going down a level... So maybe gets confidence back up. Yeah, could be mm-hmm. like good move for him and Sunderland. Yeah, I think it's a great move for Sunderland. You, you were right. Norwich actually paid eight million, eight and a half million pounds for him, and then Huddersfield paid eleven. So he's commanded twenty million pounds in fees, and you don't usually see players like that in League One. But the nature of Sunderland as a club, they're a massive, massive club. Uh, I think it's a great, great signing for them, but they definitely need more because I think Huddes- I think Sunderland could end up in a very similar situation to Ipswich come the end of this season if they if they fail again, where they'll have a massive, massive turnover of players. Um, a team that I think have have been a bit a bit poor with regard to their transfer dealings, in my opinion, is Lincoln City now. Massive loss losing George Grant, but I'm not a massive fan of the Chris Maguire signing. I'm not going to lie, um, Lucas. What do you think of of Lincoln's sort of Chris Maguire pursuit and eventual signing and the loss of George Grant? I'm not really an expert um, in this. Uh, I don't really know a lot about Lincoln, but it could be a loss for them, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really touch on this a lot. So fair it's enough. Um, you got the majority of the like. I think was he their top score? Yeah, I think he he definitely loved yeah, the penalty. That that from midfield, I think they'll they'll miss because yeah, obviously if their top score and top assist is like a centre mid. I don't obviously mean, and I think um Brennan Rogers, oh not Brennan Brennan Johnson, Brennan Johnson. And, uh, Morgan Rogers <laughs> losing them. They, I mean jo- uh, Johnson especially. Chris McGuire is quite old now, and I think mm. at Sunderland he had like one good game out of 
12 or something, but that game was class. But he's, he's quite a big game player. He, he performs like during the bigger games, but like when it's just your average game against, say, like Swindon Town, he'll probably be quite crap. It's what, mm-hmm. Sunderland, it's what Sunderland fans' views are on it, but I think it will be a loss for Sunderland and a game for Lincoln, but that's if he performs and if he doesn't tire out of his due to his aging. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on then to League Two, um, as you just mentioned Swindon Town there. We'll start with them. What is going on at Swindon Town at the moment? I mean, they appointed John McGreal as their manager, I think, in May for him then to be sacked a month later without taking charge of a game. Pierce Sweeney signed from Exeter before leaving after a day. Their, the ownership cloud is is growing darker and darker. It's just not what you want to see. And it, 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 just, it just really doesn't sit right when you see a club, especially with the fan base like Swindon. And, you know, we forget a couple of years ago how well they were doing under R- Richie Wellens winning promotion to League One. Uh, the toxicity around the club's massive, and I know Charlie that you've experienced something similar a long time ago at Portsmouth. Um, mm. Just try and sum up how that feels, so sort of the listeners can get what 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 the Swindon fans are going through at the moment. It's just it's just really degrading because it's like nothing you can do. Obviously, obviously, what we can do because the fans bought the club, whatever. But um, it's like you just you have to sit there and watch your club just demolish, like. I watched. I've gone. I went from watching Porto play Man City in the Premier League to be, being a regular fixture. So us playing Wigan or not Wigan, Wigan have been in the Prem. Like say, um, Lincoln. Watching us yeah. play Lincoln week in week out, like it's it's degrading. You seeing your team go from the great winning the FA Cup to winning League Two, it's really degrading. You can't do anything about it. You just see your club demolish. You see uh, everyone else do well, and then. You're on the you're on the downward slump, and then obviously you have got the risk of losing the whole club as a whole, like Maxwell and Barry. And I can imagine losing Portsmouth. Like I don't know what would happen. I think I'll just lose interest in football as a whole because, mm. like, it's your whole club. It's like I I look at football like a religion sort of thing. Like it's my like my priorities life, and then football. It's like there. Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. in my mind. So if I lose the club, that's always in my mind, and it's just heartbreaking. And seeing your club just get destroyed through no, through no fault of your own is demoralising. Yeah, and let's hope for everyone at, at at Swindon and all the Swindon fans. Hopefully, there's a couple listening. Um, let's hope it all gets sorted because I think even the most staunch Oxford United supporter, who obviously are massive rivals, wouldn't want to see. Swindon go bust. I, I think nobody wants to see a club go bust, and let's hope that the owner can can you know sort himself out and sell the club, or if not, do something about it because it's a really worrying slide at Swindon, and I could definitely see them dropping out of the football league if this isn't resolved soon. Speaking of teams that were in non-league, the newly promoted sides into the the top four tiers and two sides that we'll be covering more next season. Sutton United and Hartlepool. Now, both diff- totally different, both geographically. Hartlepool obviously being very northern, Sutton being southern. But club history-wise as well, you know, Hartlepool were an established league club who spent a long, a, a three or four seasons outside of the football league and then now they're back. And then new boy Sutton, who it's their first time, I think, in the football league. Um, how do you think both of those sides will do, Robbie? And 
and what do you think they they need to do in order to get adapted back to the football league life? Um, I think I'm not gonna lie. I'm not the like the biggest expert, like uh, Lucas mm-hmm. said, but from I think Hartlepool have obviously got like that experience of being in the football league before. I think they've like I said, most of the history they've been in it, apart from the last couple seasons and then Sutton could have that like um, I don't know like ambition and I think they they did kind of they didn't storm the league but obviously any team winning the league you'd expect to like carry that momentum half decent yeah yeah and obviously they want to they want to do well and stay up in their first season in the football league Mm -hmm. and try build from that bit like Lincoln I guess yeah, I think both of them personally will stay up. I don't know what anyone else thinks, but yeah, Sutton trying very hard, like changes in the backroom staff, obviously with their new appointment um, in there. Obviously, a couple of transfers as well, putting some academy players up. So I'm really going for it. So definitely see them. Hopefully, could mm-hmm. be staying up next season. Yeah, yeah. I, also think, I also think there's like a lot of teams in League Two that I think could struggle next year. Mm. So even if they were to have not like the best season. They could yeah, stay up based off other teams. Of worse, worse sides in, in League Two at the moment. Speaking of teams who've shown plenty of ambition, just want to touch on two sides that have, have really gone for it this transfer window and been incredibly busy. And that's Northampton Town, who obviously were relegated, and Tranmere Rovers, both signing a lot of players. Uh, start with Northampton. I just want to quickly go off on a bit of a tangent with this. I think their signings have been have been very, very good for League League Two level. The likes of John Guthrie coming in from Livingston, who I do watch a little bit of Scottish football and I know he is a very decent defender. You've got Jordan Flaws coming in from Hull on loan, who attracted a, a fairly high-profile move to Hull in January and never was really given the chance. Dylan Connolly coming in from St Mirren. Paul Lewis, who was a very good player at Tranmere. Nicky Kabamba, who is a very decent hold-up striker. They've made some really decent signings. Um, And then just to touch on Tranmere, and I'll come to you with this one, Charlie. Um, I think that Tranmere have also shown really good ambition. The likes of Tom Davis coming in from Bristol Rovers, Liam Feeney, who they brought back, Nathaniel Knight-Percival, who obviously went up with Morecambe last year, and Ryan Watson, who was one of Northampton's best players. Uh, what do you think of Tranmere's business? And do you think Tranmere can go again after a heartache in the playoffs? Well, I think, um, are they still under Keith Hill or is that? No, he got sacked before he the could, playoffs, he, actually. He yeah. got sacked before, yeah, okay. Um, I think if they still got James Vaughan, I think if, they, if he's... He's retired. Has he? Uh, yeah. He got injured, didn't he? So, um, I think mm. Feeney, I remember, played for Blackpool a few seasons back and he was like the top assister. So, I think as a left back, top being a top assister in League One few, only like two seasons back is pretty decent. So, I think he can mm-hmm. do decent for Tranmere. I think he's, I remember he was decent last year for Tranmere. I think yeah. Watson for Northampton, he's, he, I think he scored nearly a hat trick against Portsmouth last season when they won 4 1. So, he's clearly, he's got some sort of talent. Or, or some some quality, mm. especially for League Two, and obviously Tranmere are always quite up there. So I think, and they've got a decent fan base, got a decent stadium. So I think with mm. the with the reintroduction of fans, I think they could. They could Mickey really Mellon have. back at the club as well, who was obviously yeah, their ex manager, who got a lot of success, and they've brought Callum McManaman in 
only very recently. And that is a player from Melbourne City, who ex-Premier League player. I think he's way, way too good for League Two. And then a big experiment with 20-year-old Liverpool young striker Paul Glatzel coming in on loan. I think it's his first taste of first-team football. So mm. we'll see how that goes. But I think Tranmere certainly, certainly, certainly could be one to watch for next year. Another team who I think have earned a lot of attention, mainly down to the appointment of Derek Adams, is Bradford City. And I want to ask you, Lucas, a lot of people, as soon as that Adams appointment was made and a lot of transfers were made to Bradford, sort of penned them into first position. Um, do you think it's that cut and dry or do you think Bradford may have some teething problems under Adams? Um. Not an expert on this, mate. Um, no, no, I have no idea. <laughs> no, no, no worries, mate. I can pick up if if you want. Um, obviously, Morecambe, what a job, Derek Adams. I think you can agree. To be fair, though, Lucas, that Derek Adams did an unbelievable job at Morecambe um, last year, and yeah, yeah, for him to leave the club yeah. is is a big loss for them. And he's took a couple of players with him, the likes of Jan Songo. Has gone to Bradford. They've all, they've brought in a lot of experienced heads for for League Two level, but I don't think they'll walk the league. I think there's other teams who've shown just as much, just as much mm-hmm. um, intrigue in sort of not intrigue, but just as much ambition as them. And I think they'll definitely be up there, but I don't think it's a cakewalk as some would some would say. And uh, the last thing I want to say is I want to go. Go to go to everyone, and I just want a very, very brief, maybe a sentence or so. Which team do you think is the early front runners in the league, and which team do you think are the team that are looking very, very dangerous for relegation at the moment, as it stands? Really, too. Yeah, um, Bristol Rovers. Um, maybe um, you know, I don't. I don't think obviously being relegated last season, their manager's a bit of a. Not not Ed, um, you mm-hmm. know, a bit crazy. Um, hopefully, you can bring in some signings to try and save them, but it's not looking very good at the club, is it? Obviously, but if it's, yeah, yeah, not a great. Uh, they have made some decent signings to be yeah, fair. Yeah, they've brought like in some, a lot of players to be fair. Yeah, but. Paul Coots coming into the club, who I think is a good signing, as well as Aaron Collins from uh, Forest Green, who was a, a very decent striker for them in League Two last year. So I think they'll actually be all right. Robbie, what about yeah. you? I think yeah, Bristol will be up there, obviously with like the um, I think Colchester as well. I think mm. they've brought in a lot of like uh, uh, Ipswich players. Yeah, Ipswich was. I thought Colchester went down. No, no, they, no, they, they struggled, but they they and I think. Did Grimsby? I mean, squad down. on. Yeah, squad on yeah. Grimsby. Grimsby went. Like their squad on papers, probably good enough to. I mean, it, yeah. you'd expe- I think you'd expect it to be up there. And Newport as well. I guess they're always mm. in and around yeah. playoffs. I don't know. Michael Flynn's a great manager. My only thing with Newport is they, I think they just, it's probably only a matter of time before Michael Flynn gets a championship or League One job and, and leaves to take it. And they, I don't know what is going on in Wales at the moment, but I'm not sure they'll be having full capacity crowds at Rodney Parade for the start of the season at least, which... I think could affect them, especially if every other club in the league has. Um, Charlie, what about you then? Who do you think is going to be up there and who do you think is going to be down there in League Two? 
Well, I think you all, everyone would expect Salford, but I think they'll struggle again. But I think, as most people said, Bristol Rovers, I think they've got smart appointments going. I think they've got a good backbone from the squad they already had. I think mm-hmm. Westbrook, one of the midfielders saying Westbrook's a good attack midfielder, I think will rip up in League Two, I think, is my prediction. But I think Newport obviously lost Sheehan as well, who was their main mm. man, one of their best players. Aman as well, he's quite old, so I don't know if he's going to be able to cut it much longer. Um I think in terms of he's going to be down there, I think Scumthorpe have got, are going to be in for a hell of a one. I think yeah. Scumthorpe are on the way down. And I, I think Bradford, as much as Derek Adams is a very good manager in League Two, he knows how to get a club out of League Two. I think Bradford, are going, I think, have got a lot of problems going on. Like, not problems, but I think they're just one of the teams that keep struggling and I think their struggle will continue. They won't go down, but I think they'll, dis- be, they'll be disappointing. I think Oldham um, yeah. will, ch- will challenge, I think, as well. Uh, yeah, I think so. They, I'm not sure. Have Oldham just appointed? No, they've got Keith Curl, obviously. Yeah, I think they'll be very solid defensively. For me, just quickly, I'll I'll say my two before we move on to a couple of fan questions. I think, unfortunately, at the moment, it looks very bleak for Swindon. Um, and you never want to see a side go down two seasons in a row. But unless they sort themselves out, I, I really can't see them starting the season well and it could be another South End job where they just start so poorly that they can't recover. I agree with you on on Scunthorpe, although I do like the signing of Ross Millen from Kilmarnock on a free transfer. Um, and then Rochdale, I think. Robbie Stockdale, I think he's going to be appointed as their new manager and they haven't signed a player yet and have lost the likes of Humphreys, Lund, Quadwo Bar, Connor Shaughnessy, um, Ryan McLaughlin all leaving the club who we were all and Jimmy Ryan so there's a lot of first team players leaving I think they may they may struggle in this in the league and, and be poor but as for the teams that I think will be up there I think Northampton will be definitely looking to bounce back under John Brady and a team that I think could maybe go under the radar a little bit this season but I think finally is Exeter City's time. Um, they've been so near so many times and I think now they'll probably finally go up, in my opinion. Um, I love the signing of Callum Rowe and I think Giovanni Brown is a good player for this level, even though he was poor at Colchester last year. But yeah, moving on then to our final section of the podcast. I am aware it has been a long one. Um, so if any of you have actually listened right the way through to the end, we really appreciate it. Obviously, it won't be as long as this with no Euros to talk about and we may sort of slicken it up a little bit getting into it. But I'll start with, we've picked four fan-ass questions. We put them on our Instagram story um, and we've picked four of the best ones out and we're going to quickly just go through them fairly quickly. Um, I'll start, I'll ask you this one, Robbie. It's from EPL Extra, who is also a great, great channel. Check him out. Great channel. I should say great, great page. Check him out. Um, him, He or she, I don't know. But he's asked, what does Spurs need to do to get into the top four next season under Nuno? Um, I guess the obvious thing you could say would be keep, keep the likes of Son and Kane. But... The end of the day, if Kane wants to leave, then it's probably best to try and get as much money as you can and just let him go. I think that they, I think they should probably look to maybe uh, look for the future and maybe have a bit of a project rather than just uh, like 
buy quick, like make quick fixes for outgoing players who might only be there for one or two years. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I'll, I think Spurs probably, yeah, they do need to maybe bring a couple more in. They definitely need to sort their defence out. But I think Nuno could do that. I mean, Wolves were fairly solid. They'll Spurs will probably go to a back three system. Um, so I think a couple of centre-backs are definitely needed for Tottenham. And I think Nuno will probably get the best out of Matt Doherty, who had a really poor season last year. I hope so, because I think Doherty is a good player. Um, Lucas... I'll come to you with this question. It's from Abby Eastwick and it's, I just want one club, no explanation needed. I just want one club from each league, a dark horse to win each league next season. So a team that might not be tipped or touted that could win the league in each league. Um, probably Chelsea in the Premier League. Obviously not a dark horse, but obviously they bring in some signings, I do think. Maybe they could push for that um, this season. Obviously, expect expectations from the signings of where were in the last season. Um, but yeah, um, championship um, probably dark horses to win it. There's not a lot of dark horses. Just gonna go off the base who I would win, who I would think's gonna win the league. Probably Fulham um, or West Brom. Hopefully, <laughs> um, League One probably. Um, Ipswich maybe and League 2 um, probably um, yeah a bit of a tight one on League 2 I'm not, not too sure but go on just give us a name a club um, it's a lot of names I'm, I'm hoping as um, I am a uh, second team Bristol Rovers fan hopefully them but that's a bit of a push for Rovers. So, but I'm just going to go with Rovers. But a bit biased, but yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Speaking of Ipswich, there, you did mention them. And Charlie, I'll come to you with this question. Um, the English slide, that English slider asked, could Ipswich win League One? Um, what do you think? I think League One is going to be a very tough season this season. I think now that Sheffield Wednesday are um, out of their transfer embargo, they can now sign players, obviously. The ownership is a bit here and there, but I think this season will be tough. We've got the likes of MK Dons, Wigan that are going to be good this season. You'd you'd, you'd think so. Sunderland, Portsmouth maybe. Ipswich will be up there for sure. Um, Fleetwood might not be. They're normally quite up top eight. Doncaster have signed very well. But I think overall, I think Ipswich will finish. I think I think they should realistically finish top two if they carry on doing the signings they should. They they are doing, but I think I think they'll finish second. I don't think they'll win the league, but I think they'll finish second. I think a lot of Ipswich fans would probably take that. And then finally, just before we finish, Joe Tear asked, where do you think the clubs that we support will finish in the league? Now, because we're coming towards the end of the podcast, I'll have one sentence on where why for each one. I'll start with you, Lucas. Where do you think West Brom will win and why in one sentence? Um, it'll be second or top, maybe. Um, obviously, with a new manager, it might not be the best football, but hopefully, it'll get us through the league. Yeah, uh, Charlie. For Portsmouth, as I um, mentioned earlier, I think we're quite a slow 
it's going to be quite a slow-based project. I think in the two years' time, we might challenge for top two. But I think this season, we'll probably finish about eighth or ninth, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not too bad, I think. Robbie, uh, where do you think Redding will finish? Obviously, after just missing out um, on the playoffs last year. I think if we can add a bit more depth, because we had a bit of a injury, a few problems with injury last year, in on out wide especially, and maybe a left-back, I reckon... Depending on how they get on, either mid-table or in and around the playoffs. Yeah, um, I'm going to quickly finish. Obviously, I'm a QPR fan. A lot of people I've seen the 92 Bible predicted us to go up in the top two, which I think is very ambitious. Um, but I do think we'll do we'll do pretty well. Uh, Charlie Austin's a good sign. And so I'm going to say, and if we can get Stefan Johansson, and I think we'll be in and around that playoffs, and I think we'll be... We could finish just outside, but I think I'm going to go sixth if I was a betting man. So, yeah, that'll that'll wrap it up then, boy. Um, but, ladies and gents, thank you, everyone, for listening to our first episode. Any feedback at all, positive, negative, whatever, would be appreciated because we're always looking to improve. Um, and, yeah, we really appreciate you listening. And these will hopefully be out weekly. We'll, we'll think of a a date where we can release them consistently on a certain day. So it's consistent for you, but yeah, thank you all for listening and be keep listening out next week when we release our next podcast with a little bit more news and things like that. So yeah, thank you all for listening and we will see you later. 